Hallelujah. Thank God for the word. We've been looking at, as I said, at the book of Joshua and how God used Joshua to lead God's people into a new season of expansion and enlargement. I think this is so relevant for every person in this room and online. I believe God is, is moving us into a new season. Out with the old and new, in with the new. A season of expansion, a season, does anybody else sense that? A season of enlargement, come on, better, better than ever. Um, But what's interesting is that before God can do that in their life, before God's people can cross over into the big things that God had for them, into the land that he had promised them, into the land of amazing resources and abundance, a place of blessing, again, let me remind you, God talked to them about three specific things. Can you remember? First of all, he talks to them about their yesterdays. And then he talks to them about their todays, and he talks to them about their tomorrows. He talks to them about their yesterdays, not to get stuck in their past. He says, I have healing for your yesterday. God takes responsibility for your yesterdays, for, for what happened yesterday. He says, I can, I can heal you. Moses, your, Moses the servant, is, is dead, but, 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 and you can mourn, but, but I've got healing for you because we need to move on. God deals with their yesterday. He teaches them. He shows them that he has healing for their yesterdays, and then he talks to them about their tomorrows. And the only thing he declares concerning their tomorrows is he says, I have miracles for your tomorrow. He says, he says, I've got your yesterdays covered, and I've got your tomorrows covered. He says, I have supernatural help for your tomorrows. You can get miracles. God wants to help you tomorrow. God wants to help you Monday to this up, upcoming. God wants to be involved with his supernatural ability. So God says, I've got your yesterdays covered. I've got your tomorrows covered. I got healing for your yesterdays. I got supernatural help for your tomorrow. But then God goes through five specific things that he needed them to do, five specific responsibilities or what we might call preparations that they needed to do in their todays. In other words, if you're going to get healing for your yesterdays and supernatural for your tomorrows, you have responsibilities to do today. And in the first three chapters, we see those preparations, and we've already talked about three of them. Let me remind you what they were. The first one was a preparation of your priorities, that that God's Word is to be our priority. If we're going to see healing for our yesterdays and miracles in our tomorrows, then the Word of God has to be your priority. God has His part and then we have our part. There's no healing for your yesterdays, and there's no miracles for your tomorrows if the Word of God is not your final authority. The second thing we talked about was a preparation of position, and this has to do, this has to do with standing against fear. Fear is the enemy's currency of how he does to you what you don't want him to do. And God says, if you want healing for your yesterdays and miracles for your tomorrows, then I need you to resist fear with everything that you have within you. Fear is not your friend. Fear is the devil himself in disguise. Then we talked about the third preparation. It was the preparation of your passion. 
So priority of the word, a position of I will not fear any evil. And the third one was a passion, a passion of full surrender to God. Uh, you can't two-time God, two-time God and expect God to heal your yesterdays and to do miracles in your tomorrow. He's looking for Kadesh. He's looking for a heart that's fully surrendered unto him. And God says, if I can get you to cooperate with me and do your dailies, then I will bring healing into your yesterdays and I'll bring miracles into your tomorrows. Let me introduce to you the fourth preparation that we see that he gave Joshua and all these people as far as their daily responsibilities. It's the fourth one. It's, it's the preparation of your pursuit. It's a preparation of your pursuit. It's a daily pursuit of God's presence. If you're going to see healing for your yesterdays and miracles in your tomorrows, you've got to be a person who pursues God's presence. This is huge. It's absolutely huge. Do you want God involved in your tomorrows? Then you must be in pursuit of his presence. Notice what it says here. Let me show, show you where it's at in verse 2 and 3. It says, so it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people saying, notice this, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. I need you to pursue the ark of the covenant. Now, notice what they are told. Do not let the ark of the covenant out of your sight. You must go after it. You must pursue it. God tells his people that your todays is to be a pursuit of the ark of the covenant. It wasn't enough just to have the box. Hear this important statement here. It wasn't enough just to have the Ark of the Covenant, to have the box, but they were to be in pursuit. They were to go after. If you're looking for the title of this message, it's right there. Go after it. You got to go after. It wasn't enough to have the box. You have to go after the box because what God was teaching them is that this box, this box was to be experienced. This box was to be, it wasn't just a piece of furniture. This box was to be experienced. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, let me give you some background, is the center of this story. Uh, it's actually mentioned, this is this crazy, or alluded to, uh, alluded to some 21 different times just in chapters 3 and 4 itself. Think about this. In two chapters, 21 different times it's talked about or alluded to. Now, recently we've talked about uh, the Ark of the Covenant, uh, the God box in the, Old, in, the, in the Old Testament and its specific details. And you can research those messages on YouTube or podcasts. I think one of the titles of the message was uh, Changed by His Presence or Marked by His Presence. And we got into all the specifics of the box and the details and how big it was and what was in the box. But for today's teaching, what is needed uh, to be understood is just this simple biblical truth. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament simply represented the presence of God. I don't want to busy our minds with any other thing 
But just this simple truth, the Ark of the Covenant, when we see the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament, it specifically is representing the presence of God. It was the essence of God. It was the presence of God that traveled with God's people in the Old Testament or the Old Covenant. The Ark was what went before them that enabled them to cross over into the full inheritance that God had provided for them. The Ark is what went before them, enabling them to possess Think about this, to possess lands and territories. The ark, the presence, is what went before them, enabling them to defeat and conquer their enemies. It was the ark, it was the presence of God that went before them, that protected them, and that guided them. Now remember, and the commandment or the, or the emphasis is to go after the ark of the covenant. Go after the presence. Now, in the New Testament... The Holy Spirit is God's presence. I want you to hear that. In the New Testament, we're New Testament believers, the Holy Spirit is God's presence on earth, living in every born-again believer. As a believer, you are the New Testament box. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Some of you want in a box. You are the box. And as a New Testament believer, God's Spirit his presence dwells in you. So the Holy Spirit lives in you, but you must, must, must understand He wants out. He's in you, but that doesn't mean He's coming out of you. That doesn't mean you're experiencing Him in His fullness. The Bible says the Holy Spirit lives in you, but He is to be experienced in your life flowing through you and coming upon you. I'm going to work on some. This is what we're teaching today. In the book of John, it says that the Holy Spirit is like a river in you to flow out of you to impact the world around you. So the Holy Spirit is not a lake to be contained in you. He's a river to flow out of you, upon you, changing circumstances, changing situations. Uh, it's heaven itself in you to change everything around you, to do the impossible through you. Now, this is what you need to understand. Just because you have the Holy Spirit or God's presence in you doesn't mean that God's presence is manifesting in your life. If, you, if you'll hear me today, this is going to help you. Because some of you, you, you have God in you, but you're not experiencing God. Um, just because you have the Spirit within you doesn't mean you're experiencing God's presence around you. Why? Because you have to go after it. Just like the old covenant, they had to pursue the presence. You're the box that contains the presence of Almighty God when you got born again, but you can live your whole life never experiencing God because you don't go after it. You've got to go after it. You've got to pursue it. Here, here, here's a better term, a better word. You have to acknowledge His presence. It's not enough to just to be a box. The Holy Spirit wants out of your box. I'm going to say that again. It's not enough to be the box, but the Holy Spirit wants out of the box, and the way you do that 
is you got to be in hot pursuit of the Spirit of God every day of your life. What's sad is so many are not experiencing God because they're not going after God. They're not pursuing God. They're not, let me say it, let me say it this way, they're not acknowledging God. Many are not experiencing God because they don't have a desire to pursue God. Please understand this important truth. You do not experience what you do not acknowledge. I want to sit right there. You do not experience what you do not acknowledge. The Bible is very clear that you, when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, the Spirit of God comes and lives on the inside of you. Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. But you can live the rest of your life and never experience the Holy Spirit. Because what you do not acknowledge, you do not experience. What you do not pursue, you do not experience. Today, we're all here today. You can come in and walk in and walk out, have no conversation with nobody. Well, if you don't acknowledge anybody, you won't experience anybody. You can be the low ranger, never interact, never engage with somebody, never acknowledge anybody. And if you don't acknowledge anybody, then you're not going to experience. But if you happen to acknowledge and get a conversation, I mean, by the end of the day, you might find your wife. You might experience a miracle in your life. Just because me and my wife live together does not mean that I'm experiencing my wife. <laughs> I've got to acknowledge her to experience her. Come on. I've, I've got, I've, and the more I acknowledge her, the more I, the more I pursue her. Are you with me? I, I like the story with Moses. He's, he's walking in the backside of the desert, and there's a bush on fire. And he turns and he looks at it. Now, that was not abnormal in his day. There, were, there would be many bushes in the desert because of the dry uh, climate that would catch on fire and then they would burn out. But this one would not burn out. And so he goes over to the bush to acknowledge, to see what's going on with the bush. And once he acknowledges the bush, the bush starts, start, starts talking to him. The voice of God comes out of the bush and says to Moses, Moses, the very ground you're standing on, take your shoes off, take your sandals off, for you are standing on holy ground. Well, if he doesn't acknowledge the bush, he doesn't experience the holy ground. What you do not acknowledge, you do not experience. To experience God's presence, you have to acknowledge God's presence. Proverbs 3, verse 6, notice what this says. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to begin to experience. And he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. You acknowledge God, then you experience God. James 4.8 says, move your heart closer and closer to God. That's acknowledging him. And what will he do? He'll come even closer to you. If you want God, you can have God. What you do not acknowledge, you do not experience. Just because the presence of God is in you, I'm going to drive this home, doesn't mean you're experiencing the presence of God in your life like a river flowing into every situation of your life. So I've come today to tell somebody that God's presence 
can be experienced. This is huge for the church. We live in a day that most people don't understand this. Christianity is to be experienced. It's not some, you know, some head knowledge type thing, some mental ascent. Christianity is to be experienced. When you come into these services, you should feel something. You should experience something. You should. We get that testimony all the time. When I, when I walked into that place, I just felt something going. Because what? Because Christianity, if we do what we do right in this moment, you should have an experience with the almighty God. We're not here just to do a concert. We're not here just to sing songs. We're here to experience the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the healer, the deliverer. Come on. The baptizer. That's the reason why Psalms 34, 8 says, oh, taste and see. That's, that, that's an experience. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Did you know that one of God's names revealed in Ezekiel is Jehovah Shammah? Do you know what Jehovah Shammah means? Well, well, let me help you. That's what I'm here for. Jehovah Shammah, it's a descriptive name of God. He's, he's called Jehovah Shammah. It means the Lord is there or the Lord is present. More literally, it means or the God whose presence that can be felt. He says, I'm Jehovah Shammah. I'm a God that you should be able to experience. You should experience healing and deliverance and breakthrough and joy. Come on. Let me give you four quick ways. Now, this isn't the message. This is all just introduction. <laughs> but I know when to quit because we can always do part two tomorrow, next Sunday. You wouldn't come tomorrow. Let me give you four ways because if, if, if I, I don't experience what I don't acknowledge. So for me to experience what's in me, I need to acknowledge. Let me give you four specific ways, quick ways, Give them real quick four ways you can acknowledge the presence within so that you can experience God's presence in your life. Number one, it's always going to come back to these things uh, by hearing God's word. By hearing God's word. Hearing God's word is encountering his presence. Because God's word, every time you read this, that's the reason why we ask you to read a chapter every day. Because if you want to experience God, you've got to get into the Word of God. To read the Word is to experience the Word. I want to experience the Word. Well, read your Bible. To read the Bible, the Bible teaches us that Jesus is the Word. You want to experience Jesus? Get into the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you want to experience Jesus, you want to experience God, then get into the Word. Interacting with God's Word is interacting with God Himself. You don't even have to understand it. We're getting ready to read the book of Revelations here in the, in the, month, of, in the month of December. Most people will not understand that, that whole book because they, they look through the, in, the, the, the lens of eschatology instead of a revelation of Jesus. You'll understand Revelations a whole lot more if you just look for Jesus in every chapter. But what's interesting is that the Bible says in Revelation, as the book starts, it says you are blessed just by reading it, not by understanding it. Ooh, you want to experience God? Start reading the Word. 
of God. I like something that Bill Johnson says, and I want to make sure I get this quote right. He says, the Bible is the only book where the author shows up when you read it. Come on, somebody. Come on, that's good all by itself. If you want to, if you want to experience God's presence, then you need to acknowledge the Word of God. Read the Word. Hear the Word of God. Here's the second thing is be a person of prayer. Has it come back to that? All these spiritual disciplines, Word and prayer, yeah. But you can live your whole life and never experience God because you're not praying. The Bible says, call on me in prayer in Je Jeremiah 33.3. Call on me in prayer and I will what? Answer you. In other words, acknowledge me in prayer and I will begin to allow you to experience me. In prayer, and I'll show you great and mysterious things that you still do not know about. Talking to God is how you encounter His presence. You should daily be praying and talking in conversation with God. Here's another way you acknowledge God's presence. Number three is through your worship and praise. What we're doing here on the stage and what we're getting ready to do in just a moment is not so you can experience a concert. It's so that we can experience God. Our, our worship and our praise and our gratitude is what causes God to show up where you begin to experience God in a tangible way. In Psalms 22, 3, it says, God inhabits the praises of his people. He lives in, he dwells in, where God's people begin to worship him. And I'm telling you, it's at a whole nother level when you have corporate worship, worship as opposed to just you worshiping by yourself. When we come together and everybody is engaged, and we don't treat this like some concert, but we worship together as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says where two or three are gathered. He says, there I am in the midst of. I live, I dwell where my people are praising me. You want to experience God? Start worshiping God. Make a joyful noise. You don't even have to make a pretty noise. Just make a joyful noise. And God begins to show up. God begins to, God begins to, you, you, you begin to experience God in a tangible way. Psalms 104 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. I know you know all this. We all know this. But are we doing it? Oh, I wish I could experience God. Open your Bible. Oh, I wish I could experience God. Get up a little early and pray. Oh, I wish I could experience God. Don't leave early in just a moment. And stay there and worship. And lift your hands and see what God could do if a people would ever acknowledge their God. We're not experiencing God because we're not acknowledging. You do not experience what you do not acknowledge. We have the Word so we can experience God. We have prayer so that we can experience God. We have worship so that we can experience God. Let me give you one last one that you might not have thought about. It's number four. It's by your faith. You experience God by faith or by belief. By belief, by, by faith. Uh, we all know the story where the four guys are carrying a paralytic man hasn't walked. He's in need of a miracle. And the Bible says that the room that they were in, the home, the house, wherever they were going to, the Bible says the place was jam-packed full. And Tom, you can come back. 
completely full that, that, that the four men went up on the roof and they broke through the roof and the Bible says that they let the paralytic man down in front of Jesus and the Bible says Jesus looking at them, seeing their faith, looked at the paralyzed man and says, stand up on your feet, take up your bed and walk. And the man stood up, took up his bed and he walked. What's interesting about that story is the Bible starts off by saying, and let me just quote it to you, in Luke 5, 17, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Everybody say them. That, that's how the story takes off. There, there, there's, there's the, the, the building is packed, and the story takes off by saying, and the power of God was there to heal them, but not all of them got healed. The power of God right now in this moment is here to heal us. The power of God in this moment right now is here to deliver us. He says the power of God was there to, to heal them, but it was only one, him, that got healed. What was the difference? Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the man, rise up, take up your bed, and walk. Your faith, your belief in God, your trust in God will cause you to experience God in your life. You do not experience what you do not acknowledge. One of the greatest understandings that you could ever get about your God is that God's presence changes everything hear that. The greatest miracle you could ever experience is the miracle of God's presence living within you. Go after it. Pursue it. The Bible says to find or to experience the presence of God is to find life itself. Some of you are looking for life and it's not going to be found in your money. It's not going to be found in that, that other relationship and that, that new wife and that new husband. It's not, going to be, it's, not going to be, it's not going to be found in another child. The Bible says that, 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 that to find life itself is to experience the presence of God. That, that's such a strange idea to most Christians. Like, like really, that's it? Yeah, that, that's it. To, to experience the presence of God, the Bible says, is to find life itself. And you thought it was in the lottery ticket. You thought it was being a fan of the night. You thought, and you thought, and you wasted your life, and you never really found true life. Because you was swiping, and you was scrolling, and you was Googling, and you was... Could, could it be it's right in us, but we're not experiencing it? Because we're not acknowledging Him, we're too busy to get in the Word, we're too busy to pray, we're too busy to, to worship. It, it's over, isn't it? Got, got to go to lunch. Got to go, go, go watch my game. And what are we missing out on? What experience are we? Jehovah Shammah. The God that wants to be felt, 
What are we missing out on? Because we come to church, but there's no faith in the church. But if you could ever start believing and start trusting and releasing faith, the power of God can be there to heal all of them, but you'll get it because God is attracted. His healing is attracted. The, mm, notice the presence was there to heal them. There's so many different experiences. What do you need today? Do you need healing today? Do you need provision today? Do you need deliverance today? I'm telling you, His presence has it all. And He wants you to experience it. If you're sick in your body, He wants you to experience healing today. Just takes faith. Just takes pursuit. Just, just takes acknowledging Him. Just, just, just takes going after Him. The Spirit of God in you is not a lake to be contained. He's a river to flow out of your life, to come upon you and to change every circumstance in your life to make a way where there seems to be no way to go with you on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday into the marketplace so that everything you set your hand to do would and should prosper in your life. You have an advantage. You have the helper on the inside of you. This isn't a dead religion. This is a religious activity. He's a God to be experienced. He's Jehovah Shammah. He's a God to be experienced. God to be experienced. He's a God to be experienced. When you're down and out, you don't have to take a, a drug. You don't have to have another drink. You can begin to worship Him. Hallelujah. Come on, the next time you want to take another drink, just lift your hands and start worshiping Him. Before you pop that pill, before you... Oh my goodness. Went to rambling now. Went to preaching now. Never are you more fully alive than when you're in God's presence. The truth is, without God's presence, you just have a miserable existence. You're not going to believe this, but this is just interview. This, I mean, this is introduction. This is, we're not even at the main stuff yet. Um, I'm going to park here. I'm going to find a place to land the plane right here. Moses reveals one of the most important truths about God's presence. Exodus 33, 16, he says this about God's presence. Isn't it the very fact that your presence travels with us that distinguishes us from all the people on the face of the earth? What makes a difference between you and others? The presence of God. Come on, what makes a difference between you and other people in the marketplace, it's the presence of an almighty God. The Bible says God's presence is what marks us. It's being marked by God, not marketed by man. It separates you and makes the difference in your, your life. Psalm 1611, in your presence is just a little bit of joy. In your presence is just enough joy to get you through an hour. In your presence, in your presence. I'm telling you, most Christians live and die and never experience God's presence because what you do not acknowledge, you do not experience. 
And I'm telling you, Christianity is to be experienced. Well, how am I going to experience Him? Start worshiping Him. Start going after it. Start pursuing. Get your eyes on the presence and don't let it out of your sight. And your life will radically change because in His presence is fullness. Fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Everything that you're looking for that will bring you complete joy and peace and happiness will only be found in God's presence. I'm going to say that again. Everything you're looking for that will bring you joy and peace and happiness will only be found, not in a paycheck, only be found in God's presence. Don't waste your life thinking, well, if I could get the lotto, if I could get that business, if I could get, you'll get it all and all it'll be is pressure to you. Joy is found in His presence. Peace is found in His presence. It's not another relationship. It's not a new marriage. It's not moving to another city. The problem is if you don't change you, you'll show up in the new city and mess it up joy that we're looking for. Life itself is found in the presence. And you're the box that He lives in. Hallelujah. I said, you're the box that He lives in. And you need to go after it. You need to pursue it with everything. Because He's not a lake to be contained. He's a river to flow in and through your life. Um, I'm going to put these up because this is just a reminder. We've showed some of these before, but on the center screen, in God's presence, you'll find this, and some of you could just take a quick picture of that, and you'll have that, but they may put this on our app. Notice what you find. This is all the things you find. (laughs) Wow. Really? Look at all these cameras. I love it. That's why we did it. Just take a pic of that. This is what you find in the presence of God. Abundance, comfort, deliverance, encouragement, favor, forgiveness, grace, healing, joy, love, mercy, patience, peace, protect, prosperity, rest, strength. Question, what in the heck are you looking for? Almost cussed. Did you notice I almost cussed? It's there. And you're looking for it in a new relationship, and you're looking for it in a paycheck, and you're looking for it in a new job, and you're looking for it in a new city, and you'll never find it because it's in the presence of all my, oh, somebody needs to receive that today. Here, here, here's one I haven't shown you. Here's the next one in God's presence. Notice. Your sins are washed away. Your past is erased. Your future is revealed. Your priorities are put in proper order. Your flawed thinking is corrected. Your identity as a child of God is revealed. Your destiny is discovered. Your enemies are exposed. Your lack has to get back. Your pain can't remain. Your fear must disappear. Your poverty becomes abundant. Your weakness turns into strength. And your depression turns into joy. Somebody shout God's presence. Hallelujah. I'm stopping right there. But can I tell you, the main part of what we need to teach is coming next week. In the text, in the story itself, it gives you two major things, 
two mind-boggling things about what God's presence does in your life. And I'm going to tell you next week. Next week. Glory to God. How many of you want to know? I'm telling you, it's the two things that God highlighted for Joshua and over a million plus people. He says, God could have said any of these things. But God said two specific things that his presence would do if they would go after it. And I'm here to tell you, if you'll go after it, you need these two things in your life. It's everything you've been looking for. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. God, I pray and hope today that, God, we have stirred faith for your presence. Father, we don't serve a dead God and we're not a part of a dead religious system or structure. But you're a living God. Christianity is to be experienced. You're Jehovah Shammah. And Father, people today need to experience you. Some need to experience you as a healer. Some need to experience you as a joy giver, peacemaker. Father, I don't know what the situations are in this room, but I know that presence is the answer to every situation. And Father, I pray that people would be awakened to the reality that they are a box that contains the very essence and presence of Almighty God. And he's wanting out of them. And as they pursue him and recognize him and acknowledge him, I think if the Spirit of God flows through them and out of them and upon them, making the impossible possible in their life. God, I pray in this church if we would have a hunger for your presence like never before. Thank you for understanding today. Thank you for the teaching of your word today. Thank you for this simple introduction, Lord. Let this be a foundation, Lord, for celebration as we move forward in our pursuit of your presence. In Jesus' name. So look all over this auditorium today. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Your box is empty. <laughs> the, the Spirit of God doesn't live in you. The Bible says, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved you're not right with God, have no relationship with God. The Spirit of God is drawing you in this moment. I'm looking all over this congregation. You already knew you came to this service to do this today, to make a decision to serve God. So I look all over this congregation. If the Spirit of God is drawing you and you know that you are not right with God, you don't have a relationship with Him, He doesn't live on the inside of you, you've never surrendered your life, or you might be here today and say, I've, I've done that, to be, but to be honest with you, I'm really not living for God. I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. Before we close this service up, before we go into one last song, I'm going to just give those people an opportunity to get right with God. If you're not right with God, and if you was to die right now and you don't know where you'd spend eternity, I want to pray with you. I want to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus, that, that you would know that you know that if you was to breathe your last breath, you would spend eternity with Almighty God Himself. If you're hungry for God, you want God to move on the inside of you and in your life today, 
So I look all over this congregation, those that are online. Would you just raise your hand and hold, hold it up high? Just, just, just keep it up. Believers praying. Nobody looking around. Just hold it up high. Just, just between you and God. Hands all over the building. Just hold it up all over this building. Just hold it up high. God sees your hand today. Come on, those that are in, in your homes today, on the other side of this camera, just, just raise your hand right where you're at. One hand on the steering wheel and one hand in your car. Just hold that hand up high. God sees every hand that's raised here today. You can put your hands down. So many hands went up. I'm excited. I'm excited for you today because the Bible is very, very clear. You don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops today. All you've got to do is call upon the name of the Lord. Pray this prayer after me. Mean it with everything that's within you. You're not repeating a prayer. You're meaning a prayer. Say this with me today. Say, Father God, today I surrender my life. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. Father, forgive me of all my sins. Today, with your help, I'm going to live for you. I declare Jesus, I declare Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Spirit of the living God, move on the inside of me. Ooh. I declare over every person that prayed that prayer, you are born again, and the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for all those that prayed that prayer, whether in this room. Hallelujah.